Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is September 1st. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the Dolphins' 53-man roster, some of the cuts that were made to get to that point, some of the other cuts from teams that are relevant to the Dolphins, and then we're also going to be discussing some more news in regards to Deshaun Watson, rumors, reports, you know, the usual stuff. There is more dealing with that in regards to the Dolphins. I hate to say it, but that will be discussed briefly, as well as some other minor news. But first, we're going to begin with the Dolphins' 53-man roster roster and taking a look at it. So to begin with the quarterback position, the Dolphins ended up keeping two quarterbacks, those being Tua Tungavailoa and the other being Jacoby Brissett. So that means Reed Sinet ended up being released from the team. And of course, he had that massive showing in the last preseason game. I don't think many people expected him to be on the team just because they didn't expect the Dolphins to retain three quarterbacks here. So the hope right now is that he could land on the practice squad for the team. I think a lot of people would be thrilled with that if he gets through waivers, but there is some chance that he is going to get picked up by another team. I can't be certain and say, yeah, he's going to be back. Um, I know people are pointing to the New England Patriots because the Patriots ended up releasing not only Cam Newton, but also released Brian Hoyer. So right now, the New England Patriots currently only have one quarterback because Jarrett Stidham is on the physically unable to perform list. So could the Patriots Patriots be looking at getting this move and getting some intel here. Who knows? But all I know is I'm hopeful that Reed Sinet could land on the practice squad for the Dolphins. Now, we move on to the running back position. The Dolphins are keeping Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Brown, and Savan Ahmed. A pretty nice little group of guys. I think they're solid. It isn't necessarily the deepest running back group in the NFL by any means. If one of these guys, especially Miles Gaskin, were to go down, I think it would be a pretty big concern here. But overall, there aren't many shocks. I don't expect the Dolphins to roll out there with only four running backs throughout this season. So I'm expecting them to bring in a free agent here. I don't think they're necessarily going to trade for a guy, but I expect them to bring in another running back here who could have some sort of impact guys that I see right now that have been waived. Uh, Of course, the first name to get out of the way is going to be Todd Gurley. He's always going to be at the forefront anytime someone brings up free agents. Other guys here that I'm looking at, uh, Wayne Gallman, who had a pretty successful season last year when Saquon Barkley went down for the Giants. Uh, Gallman, stepped in there 600 yards over four and a half yards per carry pretty good season six touchdowns as well he's a pretty reliable back ended up getting released by the San Francisco 49ers I wouldn't mind that I don't know if it would necessarily be the cheapest option though Um, other guys here that could be in the mix Peyton Barber if you're looking some at somebody who could be that inside runner be that power guy Peyton Barber could be that but I've never really been a fan of him he's been regressing heavily had under two yards per carry last season So that is by no means productive, but just if they're looking for that element or that style of runner, he could be that. Carry on Johnson has been mentioned heavily, of course, with the Miami Dolphins. He was waived a few weeks ago by the Philadelphia Eagles. And then one guy who's a little bit interesting. I don't know if it's necessarily what the Dolphins need, but the guy is extremely versatile. And I feel like uh, the Dolphins staff would really covet a player who could bring that to the table. And it's Jalen Samuel, who was released by the 
Pittsburgh Steelers. If you remember, he was somebody who was also a tight end. So he had that designation in fantasy where he was a running back slash tight end. And that really frustrated a ton of people because you could plug him in there as your tight end and he would put up these terrific numbers because he was in that system in Pittsburgh where he was filling in for either guys like James Conner or filling in for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, offenses that give a lot of volume to those uh, running backs and he was terrific as a receiving back as well. Did a really good job filling that role there. So he's somebody that I would definitely be interested at this running back position. And as for the guys that were released out of this group, Jared Dokes was waived by the team, as was Patrick Laird. I kind of mentioned on that last episode that I wasn't really big on Jared Dokes. And, you know, maybe I'll have to eat my words on that, but I just didn't really see too much in him. I know a lot of people were very optimistic and they liked him more than Malcolm Brown. I didn't get that feel from him. I'm not shocked at all by this move. I think he will end up on the practice squad. It seems realistic to me. And I think that was kind of his trajectory for from day one. So hopefully he be, uh, can become something more, but based off what I've seen, I'm just not too big on him. As for Patrick Laird, you know, a pretty good special teams guy as well. Pretty uh, dynamic in the sense that he was a solid receiving back. Um, it was a little bit more shocking to me to see him get uh, waived as opposed to Jared Dokes, but overall, I'm not completely caught off guard with either of these two guys not being on the team. Now, as for the tight ends, I don't think there's any surprises here. It's Mike Kosicki, Adam Shaheen, Durham Smythe, Hunter Long and Seething Carter. We move on to the wide receiver group. Here you have Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, Albert Wilson, Preston Williams, Jakeem Grant, and Mac Hollins. Now, you may notice there, Will Fuller is not here, and that's because he's suspended for the first game, so the Dolphins don't have to currently list him on the roster until after week one, so don't worry about that just yet. So, you look at those receivers there. At the tail end, you have Preston Williams, Jakeem Grant, and Mac Hollins. All of those guys ended up getting the spot over uh, Kirk Merritt, which is a pretty big topic right now on Dolphins Twitter. I was, of course, extremely big on Kirk Merritt. I loved his upside. I think he had that potential to actually be a serviceable wide receiver at the professional level and more than just some guy that you plug in on special teams like some of these other guys. Um, but overall, hopefully Kirk Merritt could land on the practice squad. That I'm even less certain about than I was about Reed Sinnott, uh, just because I do think Kirk Merritt presents that upside. I will say there's a pretty deep amount of wide receivers that also have been waived by other teams that really showcases just the amount of talent at that position. You have guys like uh, Travis Fulgham, who led the Eagles in receiving last year, strung together some very good games to start the season. He ended up getting released. You have a handful of other players that are also pretty talented. So who knows? Maybe I'm overblowing the value of Kirk Merritt and he'll end up back on the practice squad. I just really liked what I saw from him. And I uh, you know, I'm a little bit worried about this group in general because you have Devontae Parker. His kind of issue throughout his career is that he's been going down with injuries. I do think it's a little bit overblown. He doesn't miss too much time, I think, as opposed to at the beginning of his career. But then you have Jalen Waddle, who, of course, his big thing in college was his ankle injury. You have Albert Wilson, who, of course, had that massive hip injury. Then you have Preston Williams, who had the ACL tear. And then after that, he had the foot injury, and he's been working to get back on the field. Jakeem Grant had an Achilles injury. 
injury and hasn't necessarily been healthy. And then you have Mac Hollins. So the Dolphins are doing what in my eyes is pretty risky. I love the talent that these guys offer. It's only a matter of can these guys all stay healthy. Preston Williams, as a matter of fact, you know, he puts up the best wide receiver numbers on the team uh, competing with Devontae Parker when he's able to stay healthy. It's just can he stay healthy? Overall, I, I like the group, but I do think that I think Kirk Merritt here just presents that exciting element that I wish the Dolphins would have kind of uh, taken a chance on. And then, of course, I kind of, uh, you know, glossed over Will Fuller and throughout his career, he's battled a ton of injuries as well. So just a very injury prone group of guys here, a little bit concerning. Now we move on to the offense alignment. You have Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley, Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt, Jesse Davis, Liam Eikenberg, Greg Mance, Greg Little, and undrafted Robert Jones. Overall, uh, you know, kind of also what I expected to happen here for Miami at the off offensive line. Uh, it's kind of a risky group. Of course, we already knew it was going to be composed of these younger guys who still have a lot to prove, a lot to, a lot of room to develop. They're still kind of raw. So that shouldn't have caught anybody off guard. Aside from the kind of regression that we saw a little bit from Austin Jackson in the preseason, I'm kind of still somewhat confident in this group. I really like what I saw in Liam Eikenberg. I like what I saw in Michael Dieter. I'm just very, very, hopeful that Austin Jackson could get back on track of where he was last year because that kind of showing at the beginning of the preseason really did catch me off guard. Now we move on to the defense alignment again. This isn't really a shocker in any sense. You have Christian Wilkins, Emmanuel Ogba, Raekwon Davis, Adam Butler, John Jenkins, and Zach Sealer. We move on to the linebackers. You have Jerome Baker, Alandon Roberts, Andrew Van Ginkle, Jalen Phillips, Sam Eguavon, Brennan Scarlett, and Duke Riley. Now from this group, a key part that is missing is linebacker Bernardrick McKinney. This was probably one of the more, if not the most shocking release that the Dolphins ended up making to get to that 53-man roster. Uh, Bernardrick McKinney, of course, the Dolphins made the trade, giving up Shaq Lawson uh, in that trade with the Houston Texans to bring in McKinney. We all knew day one what McKinney was going to be. He's more of that traditional linebacker. He is not fast. He's a slower guy, but his skills came at stopping the run. So that was an area the Dolphins definitely needed to improve on and it was only a matter of well can he stop the run good enough that the pros outweigh the cons in terms of his inabilities in pass coverage and I guess at the end of the day uh, the Dolphins ended up not believing that because they elected to release them which was kind of shocking I do think the Dolphins have a defense that caters more towards versatile players guys who could at any moment's notice have to drop back in coverage just with all those uh, disguised blitzes being implemented and I'm not sure necessarily if uh, Bernardrick McKinney was going to be that guy. It didn't seem like he really fit. And then Sam Eguavon, of course, put on an absolute show in that second preseason game where he had a massive performance, where he had the safety, he had the four sacks, just went absolutely off. I think in moments during the regular season, we've seen that he could be reliable. So if this is his way of taking the next step, if this is what it is, then I would be glad to see it. And I'm hopeful that he could continue his success. A lot of people are rooting for him. Now, we move on to the cornerbacks here. You have Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Justin Coleman, Noah Igbenogany, Nick Needham, and undrafted corner Trill Williams. This is another group where it isn't too shocking. Some may say that they were surprised by uh, Cravon LeBlanc not being here and Trill Williams being added instead. I see a lot of people loving what they've seen from Trill Williams. Nick Needham, as I mentioned in that last episode, I think is really taking a huge next step. He looks like he 
has a swagger to him. The only thing, again, that I'm kind of worried about here is just the amount of depth at the cornerback position and how many, uh, you know, valuable snaps is Noah Igbenogany going to be able to get in order for him to progress because I don't like what I've seen from him recently and I'm kind of concerned that he isn't going to have enough time to really develop into more. So uh, that, that's just something I'm worried about. I'm not saying I think that's going to happen. That's just kind of what's in the back of my mind here when I look at the cornerback group. Now we move on to the safeties. We have Eric Rowe, Jason McCourty, Brandon Jones, Jamal Perry, rookie Javon Holland, and safety Clayton Fedulam. And Fedulam, of course, is the special teams guy. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter very angry that Clayton Fedulam was still on the team as, uh, you know, over guys like Kirk Merritt, over guys like uh, Malcolm Perry, who had a pretty good preseason. Well, I think it's important to note, you know, Fedulam's specialty is on the special teams. He really thrives in that aspect. I really enjoy watching what he's able to do on special teams. And I think people's anger for the most part, uh, you know, is tied back to that game against Kansas City where he stepped onto the field and then instantaneously gave up a massive play to Tyreek Hill. Outside of that, though, I think if you're just thinking strictly special teams, it makes sense. Don't really expect him to be too involved here defensively. And then for the other guys on special teams, automatic Mr. Machine, Jason Sanders. We all know he's the kicker. Michael Pilardi is a punter. Long snapper is Blake Ferguson. And that wraps up uh, the, the roster here for the Dolphins. Overall, I mean, it isn't concrete yet. As mentioned, the Dolphins weren't the only team that had to do a massive level of releasing and waiving players. So there's a ton of new guys available that the Dolphins could be taking a look at and wanting to add to the team, especially when you take a look at that running back position in my eyes, then of course the offensive line, which could always use some boosting. So overall, keep your eyes. I don't think everything's set in stone just yet, but as of right now, I think it's a pretty young group, you know, still kind of raw, still room to develop, but I am loving what I'm seeing in terms of the talent offensively. I think the skill position guys overall are much improved and Tua is just going to be, you know, night and day in terms of the weapons that he he has at his disposal. Now, we move on to the next topic here, and I mentioned, I know people, again, are fatigued with the whole Deshaun Watson topic. Well, we had some news yet again. I will try to gloss over it as quickly as I can because I know people are very, very tired of hearing about this, and it all began when Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, had a report, and in that report, it said that Stephen Ross really wants Deshaun Watson, that the Dolphins had balked at the asking price, but if they could get him him at good value amid these legal uncertainties that it would still appeal to Ross. So, of course, people heard that, set Twitter ablaze, but then almost instantaneously, in unison, all the Dolphins reporters released this statement from a team source saying that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross is not forcing the team's decisions and has faith in starting quarterback to Watungavailoa. A complete different tune there, one that I'm sure a ton of people are happy to hear about. Well, then after that, Jeff Darlington released another report, and he says, quote, I'm told Dolphins coach Brian Flores just addressed his team regarding recent reports tying Miami to a possible trade for Deshaun Watson. Sources say he told players and staff that Tua Tungavailoa is, quote, our quarterback in a brief but poignant endorsement of the quarterback. So that, of course, is completely the opposite of all the things that we've been hearing coming out and all the reports and all the rumors. It's something that I'm sure a lot of people would be happy to hear. It isn't you know, necessarily the grand statement that everyone wants them to say, but overall, this is something positive and it really shows some sort of support for Tua because as I mentioned in that last episode, I do feel pretty 
bad about the situation he's in with all these off-the-field rumors and everything like that circulating around him while he's just trying to, you know, find his rhythm as a professional. So I'm happy to hear that Brian Flores and Stephen Ross are both publicly offering their support for Tua. That's overall awesome to hear. Now, we move on to the AFC East. We have some news here because, as I alluded to earlier, the Patriots ended up releasing Cam Newton. That is huge news because everyone expected Cam Newton to be the starter week one. It caught everybody off guard, it seems. Well, Mac Jones is now going to be the starter. He's currently the only quarterback on their roster. So he's going to be the starter against a Dolphins team who last year, their strength was their defense. Their ability to cause disruption and turnovers was the best in the league in my eyes. So this is, of course, not going to be my full-on review. I'll offer that as we get closer to the game. But I will say right now that this is already looking like a pretty favorable matchup. I'm very excited for this game. I think the Dolphins have an opportunity to capitalize early on a rookie quarterback. And I already love, as I mentioned right before the draft, that there was already a rivalry between Dolphin fans and Mac Jones. Before it was ever even decided where he was going, I think just because they were both uh, Alabama quarterbacks and people are talking about which one was better and Devontae Smith said this and Jalen Waddle said this and there was all those talks and it created a rivalry that only got even more intense when he happened to get drafted by the New England Patriots and then here you have it in the first regular season game he will be facing off against Tua. What an awesome way to start the season. Kind of get that rivalry brewing but this time it seems like the Dolphins are going to come out as the clear favorites for this game. So guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up today's episode. As always, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so. That is at ShadySteven and at via the source. I would appreciate it. If you have any comments, things you'd like for me to talk about on a future episode, you can feel free to reach out to me over there. I will gladly discuss it on the next episode. And if you enjoy the episode, feel free to leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. That would help a ton. But guys, that is how I'm going to wrap it up. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso, and this was Via the Source.